Welcome to the UMMC Bible Study Podcast, a podcast produced with students at UMMC. My name is Tim Chen, and I'm a former graduate of the UMC Medical School. Currently, I'm a family physician practicing in Mississippi. The goal of our podcast is to help our students and their families grow closer with the Lord and stronger in their faith and walk with God. With the rigors of school, it can be difficult to spend time with the Lord as well as fellowship with other believers. We hope that this podcast uplifts you during this challenging time and encourages you in your journey with God. Welcome back to podcast number 12. Today, I'm joined with Christian Yu, our UMMC Microbiology PhD student. It's been a few weeks since we've been together, so it's good to have you back, Christian. Today, we are getting into something that is very special and extremely practical. Last week, we saw what motivated Abraham to get up and leave all that he knew to follow Jehovah. It was God's appearing to Abraham. In fact, in Acts chapter 7, verse 2, Stephen referred to God as the God of glory, and this one was the one that appeared to Abraham. This was what motivated Abraham to move. If you think about it, he was with his father, in his father's land, with family and friends. Everyone was there. His life was there. The motivation to stay had to be extremely strong. But what was stronger than his family ties? It was the God of glory appearing again and again to Abraham. You could say that God's appearing is what stirred up the faith in Abraham to follow God. It's God's repeated appearing that changed Abraham to become the father of faith. Today, though, we want to focus on a specific point concerning Abraham's response to God's calling, and that is living a life of the altar and the tent. To get the full picture, though, you want to listen to podcast 10 concerning man's fall at Babel in order to really be impressed with the contrast between Abraham's life and what was going on in that time. Let's read the verses today. This is Genesis 12, verse 7 through 8. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So he built there an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there he moved to the hill country on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent, with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. Okay, Christian. Let's open these verses up and fellowship specifically about these two words, altar and tent. So I I was just looking at verse 7 and altar and the footnote there, and it says that this was the first altar that Abraham built. An altar is for worshiping God by offering all that we are and have to God for his purpose. Abraham's building of an altar was motivated by God's reappearing and can be considered an anti-testimony to the building of the Tower of Babel. We can look around today, everybody, they're motivated to make a name for themselves. They want to build something for themselves. And you guys had talked about Babel, where they're building with bricks. And bricks, they have the, the life of the soil has been burned out of them. So you just look around at people and, you know, they're just burned out. So that's what drives most people in the world today. But then you have this anti-testimony of Abraham who built an altar. He built an altar to God. And an altar is, you're not 
accomplishing a whole lot. Actually, you're burning stuff on it. It's like kind of like a waste. Or we can see Abraham as the pattern for us, you know, as a response to God. Wow, Christian, I like that footnote that you gave. You pointed out a few things in that footnote that I thought were very deep. The first being the function of the altar. Of course, in the Old Testament, the altar had a specific function. It was a place where we had communion with God, we fellowship with God, and we worshiped God. In typology, the altar is also a place where we enjoy Christ offering himself for us. But I also appreciated what you said there. It was also a place where we offer ourselves to the Lord. And this was a complete anti-testimony to the Tower of Babel. We spoke in the past podcast that the Tower of Babel is the peak of man's rebellion against God. There, man was declaring, I don't need you, God. I have a city. In this city, I have protection. I have food. I have trade for money. I have entertainment. Not only that, I'm making a name for myself. I don't need you anymore. The altar, though, is completely opposite of that. The altar doesn't offer anything for Abraham personally. It doesn't protect him like a city does. There's no trading, no outward entertainment. But it does have one thing that Babel does not have, and that was God himself. Abraham had God's intimate fellowship, God's sweet presence. Abraham's building an altar was also a declaration that he wasn't there for himself. Rather, he's offering all his plans and his entire future to follow God. Who knew that all this could be seen in this one little verse? Yeah, I, I really like this picture. Even in the Old Testament, we see with Abraham, somebody kind of setting aside their need and beginning to participate in God's need. That's something that we've mentioned before. Everybody today, what is God's will for me? What can God do for me? But the more we get into the Word and see these examples, you know, we start to see, wow, God wants to do something too. God has a will for God. And He's called us, He's drawn us, each one of us, to participate. And actually, fulfilling God's need fulfills our need more than we could think, whatever we think fulfilling our need is. That is an awesome point, Christian. I want to clarify this point when we say God has a need. God is infinite and all-powerful. He in Himself has no lack and no need. However, like we saw in Noah, God needed someone on earth that was willing to cooperate with him. God didn't drop an ark out of the sky and then told Noah to get in. No, God needed Noah to build with him to accomplish something on the earth at that time. It's the same today. God can do whatever he wants because he is God. However, many times he waits for us to cooperate with him. He waits for us to be willing to drop what's important to us to put our wants and our desires on the altar. And when we do this and seek first his kingdom, his righteousness, his work, then like you said, our needs are actually met. We don't need to build a tower of Babel for our protection, our entertainment, our supply. God actually becomes all those things to us. I have so much more appreciation through our fellowship right now. Every day for him, very consecrated living. His everything was for the Lord. And he lived the life of a tent. He was traveling, migrating. He was not rooted in one place. 
definitely this is more of an inward thing, right? A life of an altar and tent. Today we're not we're not going to go literally make a tent or build an altar. I, I don't think, but these principles from Abraham's life they're so applicable to us today. Inwardly, Lord, is my everything for the Lord? Is my career, is my family, are my finances for the Lord? You know, we can have these conversations with the Lord, kind of put them on the altar, so to speak. And then inwardly, do we have the tent life? Are we, are we movable? Are we flexible? Are we able to follow the Lord whenever he's leading us to do something? Or is the Lord leading and we're just... No, I've already, I've built my mansion. I've, you know, I'm set, you know. That's kind of our natural tendency, perhaps, towards that direction. But we can be saved out of um, being flexible to be used by the Lord. I love how applicable Abraham's life is to our lives. You can say that a lot of our life story can be seen in Abraham's experiences. You know, Christian, this fellowship really reminds me of what the Lord spoke in Matthew 16, verse 24 which says, If anyone wants to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Essentially, if you look at it, the Lord is talking about the life of the altar and the tent. You have to deny yourself. You have to deny what you want, what you think is best. You have to, quote, leave your father's land. That's the altar, right? And then you have to follow him. You have to be able to move when he moves. That's the tent life, and this is also opposite of the Tower of Babel. Man at that time was building a city, immovable and unflexible. But even though Abraham was extremely wealthy and could be building a city as well, he lived in a tent. He was always ready to move whenever God was ready to move. This should be our experience as well. Are we willing to live the life of the altar and the tent like Abraham did? Yes, we have jobs, we have school, we have kids and responsibilities, and a lot of this is ordained by God. But inwardly, our heart, or my heart, is God first or are we first? If God is moving you to speak to your classmate or me to speak to a patient of mine about the Lord, are we movable to go and speak? Am I following God to go speak? Or am I so weighed down by my, quote, city, that I'm not willing or able to follow the Lord. You know, many times when I hear a message like this, I get inspired. I get touched concerning my divided heart toward God. But I want to emphasize again, what enabled Abraham to live the life of the altar and the tent was not his own willpower, but rather it was the God of glory appearing to him again and again. Our response should not be to try and adjust our behavior, but rather we should come to God, pray to God, spend time with God, let Him appear to you, and in doing so, the faith that strengthened Abraham to live a life of the altar and the tent will also strengthen us to do the same. I hope that today's fellowship causes us all to just turn our heart to God and seek Him first May the Lord appear to you this week, and may He touch all of our hearts concerning this matter of living a life of the altar and the tent. Thanks again, Christian, for your time, and thank you again to our listeners for spending a little time with us. 
I hope you guys have a blessed week. I search in his word, found my heart and heart soften, and earth's vanities faded in the brightness of his presence. Jesus came into me. Now we're always together, growing into God's fullness. Oh Lord Jesus, how I love you. You brought life into me.